Good morning. Thanks for having me come and visit you this morning. I recognize some faces from Bethel or um, Kenneth from my son's class at PCA, and it's good to be with you today. I recently spoke on the book of Colossians uh, chapter 3 at our church at Bethel, and um, I just thought I would open with a little bit of my opening that I did there, especially on the passage that talks about clothing yourselves. And so that passage that talks about clothing yourselves with gentleness and other gifts of the Spirit is also found, fruit of the Spirit is also found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So talking about clothing, I thought it would be fun to open up a little bit with uh, some of the trends we've been seeing in, with, with fashion. So... Um, this might be a bit extreme, but I kind of question it. I really want to pull up that guy's pants and tell that other person to put some long johns on. It's really cold in Alberta. But this is the one that really gets me. I don't know. Is anyone brave enough to admit that they own a pair of these? You can ask your grandma to knit you some for Christmas, right? So my husband and I are really sort of a product of the 80s. And this is kind of what we're more into. The jeans, t-shirt. He was posing for a Guns N' Roses art project there on the left. He has no hair now, by the way. So we really uh, enjoy that picture. Um, Yeah, so it's talking about clothing ourselves. Well, this morning I'm not here to talk about the latest fashions, but what we're talking about is how to dress or how to clothe ourselves so that we're living out the transformation that Christ by his spirit has made and continues to make in us. We're learning to live that out or to clothe ourselves, so to speak, according to our identity as Christ followers. Just out of curiosity, how many here are in a counseling program um, or pastoral, spiritual formation? Just by a show of hands, I'm curious. Or how many are interested in counseling or coming alongside people? Maybe addictions, recovery? Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Hopefully more than that are interested in coming alongside people as helpers. I'm not sure if you've ever heard it said by one of your teachers or profs that by being a helper or coming alongside someone, it's your effectiveness as a helper is not just in what you know, right? The psychology, the science, um, techniques or methods. You still need to have these things. They're great tools and knowledge is good, but not for being an effective counselor, Being an effective counselor is more than that. It's about who and how you are. You may have heard that said. Being a helper is more about who and how you are. There we go. So here's a case in point. It's a little bit funny but I'm not sure I'd recommend doing this because it might be considered mental abuse to your pet dog. But 
You can say the most nasty, cruel words to your dog, which would normally be horrible, but if you say those nasty, cruel words in a kind, loving, gentle, fun way, the chances are your dog will still continue wagging his tail and sticking out his tongue, thinking that you're loving him or her. The opposite is true that if you say the most tender, loving terms of endearment to your little dog, but you talk to him with a frown and angry voice, and it doesn't matter what words you say to him, he'll put his tail between his legs and wonder what he's done wrong. Gentleness is about who and how you are. Just like with the dog experiment, you can say the truest words with the best of intentions to someone to build them up, but if you are in a posture or use a tone that is unloving or lacks warmth, it's more confrontational than relational in terms of posture. If you're unwilling to see and hear where someone else is coming from, it won't matter. Just like 1 Corinthians 13 says, 13 verse 1, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I learned the effectiveness of, being, um, of having a gentle posture at a fairly young age. By the time I was 13, I was a diplomat in my own home. I showed my parents that we don't have to yell and control in order to work out a conflict. It's amazing how gentle tone and a willingness to help and have a soft reply can instantly diffuse an, an escalating situation. But I'm not here today to talk about lessons on how to be gentle, but rather to present you with an opportunity to examine yourself, to help us become aware of who and how we really are as followers of Jesus living out the Spirit-filled life. Let's look at Colossians 3, starting at verse 5, if you want to look that up. I'm reading that out. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So here Paul tries to help us understand what it looks like to put to death the old nature. And he's starting in on this imagery of removing old, unwanted clothing. And he does that by saying, rid yourselves. Rid yourselves of these things. Um, with it, and also take off your old self with its practices. Then continuing on in verse 10, he flips it over now talking about what it looks like to live according to the new nature that Christ is in us by his spirit. Verse 10 says, put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. 
So it's being made alive, and um, there is a new awareness of our newfound identity as image bearers of Christ. And then down to verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. And this is sort of the idea of fitting on a piece of clothing. Um, You know how you get into your jacket and you put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So there's other um, areas in Paul's letters where he uses language that talks about um, fruit or the living out of the Spirit in us, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be transformed. Present yourselves as living sacrifice. Galatians 5.22 talks about um, bearing fruit. So this is just another image of clothing yourself. In Galatians 5, um, verse 24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so going back to that Colossians passage, Paul is talking about dressing to match, to match the new life, the new identity of who we truly are as followers of Jesus. We can't change our own behavior. I mean, maybe we can for a little while. But what shows up on the outside, on our own, apart from Christ, needs to flow authentically from that transformed heart and mind that only the Holy Spirit can effect within us. So let's talk more specifically about the fruit of gentleness. I see being gentle as more of the how we are. Gentleness as the posture. Here's a question to ask ourselves. Would the people closest to you characterize you as someone who is gentle? And that's okay if you say no. Not not all of us come across that way, right? But we all know that one guy or that one girl that we kind of... uh, see as being gruff or rude, you know, kind of prickly and abrasive. You might hear someone characterize him or her as, you know, they kind of come across that way, but inside they're a great big teddy bear. Or someone might defend them and saying, say, they don't mean it that way. Don't take it personally. Well, sure, fair enough. We all are unique and have distinct personalities That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes people behave this way because they're in a self-protective mode or they're building walls to give a false sense of who they really are. I would like to suggest that a great big teddy bear type on the inside would have so much more to give and be so much more fruitful if they could be that big teddy bear on the outside too. 
Don't get me wrong. We need people who have strong personalities to stand up for the weak and advocate for others, etc. But generally speaking, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to see the transformation of the Spirit? That if God has redeemed and done that turning of the heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, to see that transformation shine from the inside out. We've heard that saying, hurt people hurt people. It's true. In the Christian community and in the world, if there is undealt with hurt, then it's going to show itself in an ugly way. Trust me, I know. In the words of Bruce Banner, the kids have heard me say this, don't make me ugly. Don't make me get ugly. You won't like me when I'm ugly. When we are hurt, we can easily be triggered and extra sensitive. We lose our gentle, calm demeanor when we are always on edge with other people. Maybe another area to self-examine is the needing to be right syndrome. Oh boy. This syndrome has come out in many colorful ways over the last couple of years. I love the title of Andy Stanley's latest book called Not In It to Win It. That kind of sounds countercultural, hey? Not in it to win it. The importance of a humble heart, the willingness to understand others and where they're coming from, the ability to accept others even when their opinions don't line up with our beliefs. Oy. I remember one day when I arrived at the church... Um, during the P word, um, early at the church, and um, I got a phone call by someone who threatened to leave the church unless we banded together against the government. So I was on the phone for an hour and a half having that conversation. Um, later on that day, I got an email from someone on the polar opposite that said, they didn't believe someone could be a true Christ follower unless they had a certain thing done. So polar, opposite, polar opposites for sure. I tell you, my diplomatic skills I learned as a young teen really came in handy over these past couple of years. And I've really appreciated our pastors, our lead pastors' gentle yet steadfast approach in leading our gathering directing them towards living out the life of Jesus by tr the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And so some lost sight of that for a while. Having a gentle, humble spirit helps others feel a sense of trust and helps us stay together as a family, a church family. A steady, gentle influence will make you an effective leader that others will follow during a tumultuous time. Gentleness is a strength, not a weakness, when we are steadfast in leading others toward the Jesus way. So how about you? Are you aware of who and how you are in your relationships, in your community, especially with people who are seeking and curious about the Christian life? In these few areas I've been talking about this morning, how are ways that we can grow in regards to clothing ourselves with gentleness and grace? 
Living out the new life of the Spirit, like the vine and the branches, Jesus teaches about John 14, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you living out of that source, or are you trying to behave and act in your own merit and strength? Secondly, are you harboring hurt or unforgiveness? And thirdly, needing to be right, are you struggling with pride? Is there a humbling that needs to happen in your heart in an area where you just need to let go and submit to God and submit to one another? Doing the Christian life from our own resources, harboring hurt, and struggling with pride, these are all exhausting. The title of this series is Living the Abundant Life. And I can tell you that as we live out of the empowerment of the Spirit, allow God to heal us in our inmost being, whether that means needing to face something that's hard like forgiveness or admitting there's a problem that needs to be dealt with or surrendering our right to be right. That's not the abundant life that Jesus desires for each one of us. And if you guys can get this now while you're young and in a place of learning and growing, you're setting yourself up for a fulfilled, abundant life of the Spirit. But it takes some work. It means doing away with or getting rid of, or putting off some things, and intentionally, obediently putting on and clothing ourselves to match with who we truly are in Jesus. I just wonder if I could close us off in a time of prayer and reflection this morning. So if you just want to take a posture of prayer, however that looks for you, closing your eyes, or just being in thought. I just have a couple of questions as we pray, before we pray. What are some changes that God wants to make in your life so that you can live in the abundant, purposed, and fulfilled life of Jesus? What's getting in the way of living that abundant life? I believe a gentle posture can only come from a peaceful heart. What is robbing you of your peace? Holy Spirit, this morning we come before you with open hearts. Thank you, God, that you are the one who gives us understanding to grasp what you are saying. I pray, God, today as we come and learn that, Lord, you would do the work in us. Show us those specific areas that we need to put off. It is an act of obedience and worship to present ourselves before you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. What is in the way, Lord, 
that we need to surrender to you? Is it our pride? Is it our hurt? Or is it our own efforts, our own strength that we rely on? I pray, God, that you would meet with each one here today, that you would be speaking, and that, God, the words of Scripture would just be in their thoughts and minds as they go out from here today. In Jesus' name, amen.